Coaching as Benevolence, a podcast for people who are curious about using coaching for self-development. I'm Erin with Roots and Wings Grief and Loss Coaching. And I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place Positive Intelligence Coaching. We had a little bit of snow last night and it's beautiful, just enough uh, with the sun shining bright. So it's, it's a really nice time to get outside as well. And uh, be in nature with with the beauty that we have here. So that's a nice segue into this concept of micro moments and something we're going to talk about today. Uh, micro mo- moments being things or thoughts or um, just being for a small amount of time as a way to unwind from the busyness of the holiday season. And these micro moments span from everything to just sitting and doing nothing, to taking naps, to meditations, and doing them for very, very short amounts of time, a few times a day. It's not a prescribed thing. It's not something that you would do um, all the time, but it's an option to have one strategy always at your disposal, no matter where you're at in the world and and what your lived circumstances currently are. So that's where we're headed today as we talk about micro emotions and the beauty of engaging in them throughout our um, time today here. And I said micro emotions, I meant micro moments. So uh, so there we go, we're, we're talking about micro moments. So yeah, LaShawn, with that introduction to micro moments, what came up for you? Um. Well, of course, I, I I think about um the power breaks that we have in the positive intelligence mental fitness training course that um or program I should say that we do when our clients are new to positive intelligence. Um, I usually introduce my clients to positive intelligence through the mental fitness training program. It's a six-week program. And in that six-week program, you have three coach challenges throughout your busy day, which are designed to have you take a break. These power breaks are very short. They're no more than three minutes long. And they're designed to get you grounded, um, thinking about you know, your focus for the day um, and getting in your body. So it doesn't have to be as structured as the positive intelligence um, mental fitness program. I do think that taking time out of your busy day, just two or three minutes, just to really get grounded and centered is really um very helpful for me it helps me kind of get out of that routine and get out of autopilot and really touch base with where i am um in terms of emotionally physically am i taking care of myself do i feel okay am i taking time for myself to think and to get centered 
And Aaron, I'm just wondering for you, what does that look like for you? Micro moments for you? What does that look like? Yeah, I think one of my go-tos is closing my eyes and kind of napping, but not necessarily fully napping. Um, that's been really helpful for me to reset in the middle of the day. Uh, also, I do like sensory things, so I'll I'll have my coffee in the morning. And I'm not as intentional with that because I am not a morning person. So uh, it's more get the coffee and, and try to get going and get started. But in the afternoon, when I have my second uh, coffee or espresso or tea, I usually take that moment to myself to really smell uh, the drink and, and taste it um, too. So that's something that when you add that to my typical coffee routine only takes a few more seconds. It's not something that's going to take a lot out of my day. And this is a lot easier for me to do now than it used to be. And, and I think there are a lot of reasons why. Um, and I think one of those is I have started to create that space more intentionally. And it just, because I was doing that more over the past year, it's become something that feels a little bit more like a habit. But I also have more space in this type of work to take a little bit of a break or a breather in between client appointments or things like that. Um, so I think I want to revisit too that when I was working in a different environment, it was a lot more challenging to do that in my day-to-day -day work. And I didn't really see it as an option with back-to-back -back meetings. But now having lived a different world outside of that, I think I would go back to that world and intentionally create that space for myself. I guess I'll speak to one thing that I love to do for my own micro moment here during the holiday season is I love wrapping gifts. I love the tangible piece of using my hands in that way and creating something beautiful in that way. And that's also how I'll take a few minutes or a break uh, in my schedule. Yeah, LaShine, uh, oh, were you going to say something? Well, no, I, I was going to, well, I was kind of going to respond to your um, first question. Um, but I like the idea of using the micro moments in, in the holiday season, because that's a particularly busy time. Um, and I think it's a very easy time to forget about taking those breaks. And often we don't take those breaks until we're kind of forced to take those breaks because around the holiday season is also seems to be cold and flu season. And <laughs> people are like going nonstop, burning it at both ends. And then that makes it difficult for their body to recover so that when there's the germs flying around, you get sicker easier um, and or you get sick easier. So I do think that... Um, it would be a really good idea during the holiday season or during a particularly busy time in your life. Or um, I know tax season, that's another like really busy time for some people. Um, getting, you know, getting the kids ready for school, like when school is back in session. Um, even like on vacation, we can like really be really busy, 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 going everywhere, seeing everything, doing everything, and not really taking the time to take those micro breaks. And I think it, or those micro moments. And one of the things that came up for me, especially when you're talking about like taking in the aroma of your coffee, 
um, or your beverage um, are like the things that we can do throughout our day to bring ourselves back into our bodies and um, to be more grounded and um, aware of ourselves on a physical sense, like with the sensory. Um, and then what you were saying about wrapping gifts too. I like that too. Using that, that tactile um, experience when you're wrapping gifts. And there's not just the, because when I think about wrapping gifts, like when I, I'm terrible at wrapping gifts, like if you, like, you know, <laughs> not my, not my wheelhouse. However, I love the idea of giving gifts and um, thinking about what the other person will want. So what are some like emotional experiences that um, you experience when you, and I use, how many times can I use experience <laughs> that you, that you feel when you have micro moments? Yeah, I think just relief in a lot of ways. Uh, so that point of maybe it's not full on relaxation, or maybe it is depending on how much time can be included in those moments. Uh, but I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind is just a little bit of a pause, which creates the emotions for me inside of um, set, being settled a little bit more and contentment. I feel that a little bit more. And I always talk about contentment as part of our language and we think about our own lives and and how maybe when we can frame things in terms of contentment rather than happiness or joy, we can hold that space of uh, all the emotions on the the spectrum from the difficult ones all the way to maybe the more easy ones to to feel sometimes we can hold them in a, a container in a way that provides us contentment. And, and that feeling for me is, is a really positive feeling and it is embodied. It's, it, it's felt in my body and my mind um, spiritually and more. So I think contentment really comes up for me when you ask that question. Um, and then the other piece is just, I don't know how to phrase this as an emotion, but this time to just be like, sometimes there isn't really an emotional word that comes up for me with that. I don't know. That's a good question when we think of just being. Um, so that's where, where I go when I think of those moments and what they've done for me in particular. Um, LaShawn, when you get those moments to yourself, how do they feel for you? And and in particular, maybe when you get them during the workday versus when you get them outside of the workday, do you notice any differences? Yeah. I mean, when I, during the workday, those micro moments are so important because most of the workday I'm running from one thing to the next and it's not predictable. I'm a nonprofit. So nothing is really predictable. I like the things that come up, you're like, Whoa, okay. I didn't know that. What? So, okay, let's adjust. Um, so it's good for me. So what ends up happening when I have a micro moment during the work day is it's like coming to a landing because I'm 
flying around everywhere doing all this other stuff. And it really gives me a chance to just check in with where I'm at emotionally, mentally, you know, spiritually. And it's, and I like that you said contentment because I really do think that that for me is the experience that I um, have when I have a micro moment at work. It's contentment. It's like, okay, everything's okay. Everything's no matter what happened. When I settle into that mood of the present, the mood of the present is almost always contentment. And so it reminds me that no matter what's happening out there, what I'm focused on, you know, when I'm doing my work, when I'm working on um, solving this or putting out this fire, when I take the time in my busy work day to just sit in the present and, and be, um, and just focus on what's happening now in the present. It's almost always a mood of contentment, calm, peace. Everything's good. It's all good. And that allows me to recharge and go on with the rest of my day. Um, and outside of work, I have to admit that I don't really take micro moments outside of work. What I do outside of work is I just kind of, I come home. Um, usually it's in the evening. The sun is already down. <laughs> Um, and it's, you know, it's dark. Um, and that is usually my time that I completely unplug. Like I'm either, I watch something on Netflix in between getting home and going to, or having dinner and my kids are working on, you know, their stuff as well. Like they kind of have their unwinding time too, because they usually, um, have time, a little bit of time after school to like focus on studies and stuff like that so when I come home that's kind of their break time too so we have a little bit of a break so as far as micro moments uh outside of work (laughs) it's really funny I don't it's funny I think about that I don't really have those until just before bed when I'm just kind of trying to unwind and find sleep, even though I'm exhausted throughout the day. (laughs) That's all I think about. But um, yeah, I would say that I take micro moments at work, but I don't really at home. And that just kind of, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. You said a lot of rich things. Um, I like that you had this imagery around it's a landing place when you're flying all around. And that's such a um, really cool metaphor for me to think about and and hold on to to land in a space somewhere when I might be you know flying around in my day so I really like that and then kind of the unwinding piece at home and how your kids have their own things they do to unwind and you have Netflix or other things I think those things also probably help us have some level of contentment and it also brought me a level of curiosity because I myself unwind with TV shows in the evening. Um, you know, at what point do I want to be more intentional about having um, some more just being moments rather than maybe using those unwinding moments for my contentment? 
not that one's going to replace the other, but just like integrating the, the, um, the being moments with the unwinding. So I don't know it, it, you're right when it comes to our home spaces, how this fits in and makes it a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking about the, um, unwinding and also, um, like micro moments at home, like one of the things that I noticed when I'm at home and, and this is, um, true, uh, throughout my family, we do tend to spend a lot of time in front of screens and I find myself feeling anxious and always looking for, you know, my phone or usually my phone and I can't just sit and be. And that really um, like brought up some like curiosity for me. Like I'm curious to know what that is because before I used to be able to, you know, meditate and I used to be able to just be. And I, I actually loved that. I loved just, just to be able to sit and be. But now I find that I'm really anxious. I feel like I have to fill those silences with something. I can't just be. <laughs> and, and if I am just sitting and not watching a show or watching something on YouTube, or listening to music or something like that, then I find that my mind is racing. So it would be interesting to like, kind of, for me, I'm, I'm thinking that would be a really good challenge to just allow myself to be uncomfortable in the silence um, so that I can get back to that to that time when I was able to just surrender to silence and just being. I love that word surrender and kind of going back to a time when that worked for you or you noticed a, a meditative state that, that was helping maybe with your thoughts or, or just your own feelings and experiences. Do you have an example of, of that, of an example in your life? Well, you know, I spent a, a lot of time, um, in Japan, uh, when I was in my twenties and thirties and, um, but quite recently, actually, even into my forties, <laughs> but, um, uh, that's really funny. Cause I just realized I spent my entire 30s, my decade of 30s in Japan, that just dawned on me. That's, that's really bizarre to me. Anyway, <laughs> that just dawned on me. But um, when I was in Japan, um, I was introduced to um, Kadampa Buddhism, which is not, is, is not um, indigenous to Japan at all. It's indigenous to, I want to say Tibet or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, a friend of mine actually introduced me to it. And I was able to meditate, um, you know, practicing Kadampa Buddhism. And um, that time in my life, I was really focusing on the mantras 
and really just um, having one single focus on what they consider like virtuous, um, a virtuous thought, a virtuous concept, like um, all living beings have a good life or something to that effect. And when I was doing that, that was really very um, grounding, centering, but it was, it, I was really focusing on a mantra or a virtuous thought. And now that I'm kind of out of practice uh, um, of that, and I might go back to it, but um, when it comes to just freeing my mind and just letting myself be, that isn't as easy, I find. Um, there's a lot of uneasiness um, when I'm just silent, almost like I just desperately want to go back to being, to distracting myself from the silence or distracting myself from the present, which is interesting because at work, that's what I, I go to in order to center, recharge, and then go and do what I need to do. Whereas at home, I feel like I just want to turn it all off, go numb, and not have to think about anything. So it's a very interesting um, difference there. Yeah. And it relates back because you mentioned discomfort earlier, too. Mm -hmm. And that really stood out to me in relationship to what you just said in thinking about our own discomfort with these practices to get to a place of contentment or more comfort. And I really see that how that's shown up in my own life with these types of practices. Uh, I wasn't really in tune with any types of uh, meditative practices, you know, keeping in mind that not all micro moments have to be meditative, but I really started to utilize meditation as a practice after the death of my daughter, which was not good timing. Um, I think it really opened me up to a level of deeper depression actually than what I was experiencing. And so looking back was that, you know, it's so complex to untangle, but what it was it, would it have been more effective for me to continue with other strategies and then maybe bring meditation in differently later on? Because I went to the whole I'm going to use this as like one of my main tools and I'm just going to jump right in with it. And I'm going to do it all the time, uh, which was not effective at all. And and I think that that might be another lesson I've learned about these micro moments is that's why I like this term because it lets me utilize various uh, comforting or peace strategies within myself. And they don't have to be something that is takes up, you know, a lot of time or something that um, is so deeply used within myself. I, I don't know how to better phrase this, that it kind of stirs up something that maybe I'm not in a space to fully be in tune with and intend to. Uh, so I, I struggle with this concept when I think about my own relationship to kind of larger meditative practices and I also recognize like the benefit of them as as well and I I do think that for me you know some of us lean into being maybe a little bit more 
of a doing type personality. And some of us lean into a little bit more of a being because of our own lived experiences and, and who we are. And I have always kind of leaned into the being or sorry, the doing, not the being, oh my goodness. I have always <laughs> leaned into the doing. Uh, and it's not been intentional. It's just been like, that's who I am, right? That's just part of who I am. And so now these micro moments bringing in a little bit more intentionality as somebody who tends to be more on the doing spectrum, I guess is what I would say. Um, it, it helps balance that out some too, but it's also a recognition as we've talked about it, that I want to use them a lot more in different different ways outside of the workday as well. Um, one of the things that came up for me as you were explaining, you know, how micro moments that don't necessarily, as you said, need to be meditative. Uh, and I was thinking about the micro moments as being, if you do them consistently and they accumulate and it leads to something bigger or something transformational, because I do believe that, you know, what I know about forming habits and what I know about um, mental wellness, all of those things require practice and they require um, a commitment to working on it every day or regularly, let's just say regularly, con consistently, because the consistency matters. And I also think, and you've talked about this too, in your own coaching practice and also on episodes, I'm sure this has come up, like micro goals, micro things that are small, you know, that, that can help you move forward or move <laughs> that help with motion. That's why I thought it was so interesting that you said micro motion, because these micro moments could, you know, help with motion and, and movement and, um, you know, breaking uh, the routine. Um, and so when you were talking about the micro moments, as opposed to long meditative sessions, I thought about how little things that we do over time and consistently can lead to bigger things. And I, I do believe that breaking things into micro steps, micro goals, micro moments over time, that could be, you know, if you have micro moments consistently throughout your lifetime, you could have those moments of, of clarity, of contentment that accumulate into something, um, an overall experience of c contentment. So that's one thing that came up for me when you were talking about comparing the two. Um, and I do, I want to talk more about just for our listeners as well. We did come up with some examples of what micro moments would be coffee, you know, um, for me, it would be, um, focusing on the breath. Um, um, there are other that things that you can do in micro moments, but what are some other examples that come to mind for you, Erin, when, um, just for our listeners, how they could apply this 
to the holidays, how they could they could apply this to their life. Yeah, and and before I answer that, I want to go back to what you said: how they build over time to become something bigger, possibly something more transformational. And I want to highlight that anybody at any age can have that. You know, we have this myth sometimes, and that once you're old, you can't learn anything, right? Or uh, you can't teach an old dog dog new tricks, right? That's old saying. I don't even know where that comes from. So hopefully somebody can <laughs> clue us in yeah. on that one. Um, and we're knowing how much of a myth that actually is, right? Especially when things are broken down into these very small and micro level um, changes. Uh, so yeah, I think this is something to keep in mind for anybody of any age, these types of strategies. But But to answer your question on strategies. Uh, I think we've talked about gratitude and, and that's one, whether that's writing one state, one sentence down of something you're grateful for, or even saying one thing in your mind that you're grateful for. That's a micro moment. You can even bring it down to a much um, smaller micro moment by coming up with a word in the moment. And then another in the mind as well, that word, writing it down or keeping it in your mind. So when we're talking about these small steps, if one of these ideas that we talk about in this part of our podcast feels too big, break it down to something even smaller. So those are examples within gratitude. Um, other examples, you know, I did mention I do love a nap. I love to shut my eyes and just unwind in that way. And that's been really helpful for me. And then a lot of people have certain memories with uh, various senses. So the one that I like to use that some people may not like is, you know, maybe lotion where I sit there and like, okay, I'm just going to take this moment and use lotion on my hands um, and, and just feel that. That can work for some people and obviously not for others. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other ones that I use. Oh, music. And that's a music isn't always a micro moment because a song is four plus minutes. Micro moments can be as small as a few seconds to probably, I don't have like an end time on when I define micro minutes, but music for me is also key. It's, it's vital, not only for me and my micro moments, but just generally speaking in my well-being. Um, and then sitting down at the piano and playing a song is another example of a micro moment for myself as well. Singing could be for somebody else. You know, um, so those are some of the examples that, I, that come to mind just off the top of my head. LaShawn, what other examples come up for you that that resonate? Uh, well, a lot of those examples that you mentioned, some of which I hadn't even thought of, just even like writing something down. Um, a lot of my micro moments have to do with um, sensory stuff like touch. Um, hearing, uh, grounding with the breath, um, anchoring, sorry, anchoring with the breath. Um, and just maybe focusing on one particular intentional, um, goal or some focus that you have for the day, just taking a moment to say, oh yeah, I'm focusing on, um, uh, you know, the energy of words or something to that effect, you know, so that I actually take a moment to think about, oh, the energy of words. Um, and then there's also with other people, 
not just solitary micro moments, but for me in particular, if I want to um, appreciate something about a loved one, I do take a moment to just take in something that I love about them. For example, um, my daughter's eyes, you know, or something, you know, where I'm taking a moment where I'm focused on her and an aspect of her that I love, which then again, recharges my batteries, grounds me and then connects me to her. So that's one thing that I find that I do also with other people um, is take micro moments, whether it's appreciating something that they're saying or appreciating a certain trait that they that they um, display. Um, and that to me is a, a micro moment as well, where you're just taking the time to really focus hone on in on that one thing. And so that brings me to something that's coming up for me, and maybe you can speak to this or what you think, but are micro moments intentional? So I think it, for me, it's like kind of obvious, yeah, they're intentional because you, you kind of have to plan, not plan, but be, um, it, it's a decision. I, I feel like it's a decision that you make throughout your day to stop and appreciate something or maybe not appreciate, but connect with something. So that is a question. Can we have micro moments without intention? What do you think, Erin? It's a really good question. I, I think mostly they are intentional because we are, whether consciously or unconsciously, making a choice to engage in a micro moment. I, I believe when it becomes a habit and you're kind of in that state of flow with this in your life, is it intention, intentional? Well, the, the practice itself is, but the day-to-day -day decision to do it, maybe it's not. It's just something, it becomes who you are. It's a part of what you do and who you are. So it may not be as intentional. Um, that's a really good question. And I think if you're starting out with these practices, it's, it it's likely going to need to be intentional or maybe you're doing something similar already and it's just being intentional well intentional about identifying that practice as a micro moment for yourself and in trying to integrate those practices more consistently if that's what you want um yeah i think that's that's where i would go with with the intentionality of it um, I love what you said about the relational aspect that micro emotions not only are by yourself, but they connect you to other people. And your example of your daughter's eyes, that really made me feel something. And so I'm curious about that. Did it make me feel more than like other micro moment strategies that I've used? And do I want to start implementing more of those, you know, connection to other people in these moments, whether that's simply acknowledging some a feature in in a child or uh, an adult, or is it um, acknowledging you know, or is it strict telling them that as part of the act of the micro moment in in the process? I don't know. 
Um, another question that came up for me that I wasn't expecting on this podcast is thinking about kind of this, I don't know how much of a myth it is or not, this idea that we have introverts and extroverts and that introverted people might have certain types of strategies they lean to and extroverted people might have certain types of strategies they lean to. And I don't know how I really feel about that because I think that sometimes I identify mostly as an extrovert, but these care strategies for me, I need that introverted space. Whereas people used to say, oh, if you're an extrovert, you unwind by unwinding with other people. <laughs> like that's, that's not exactly true for me. Um, so I'm just, that came up unexpectedly as like the sub thought on, on how people or how our listeners might be identifying themselves and, and thinking, well, I am an extroverted. So some of those more introverted practices would not work for me or, you know, vice versa. Do you have any feedback for people who might be thinking in those terms, LaShawn? Well, you know, I think that as with anything that we talk about in terms of strategies, in terms of things that we can do to um, produce uh, or co-create or create moments in our lives where we are experiencing contentment, um, groundedness, calmness, that kind of thing, because that's what I think of when I think of the purpose of micro moments. Um that it is individual, it's subjective. Like we all, as coaches, we know that um, when you're co-creating strategies and you're co-creating different ways to navigate life with your client, you know that those are specific to your client and those are specific to what your client needs in order to um, feel uh, content. And so to that question, I say for extroverts, for introverts, I would really say it it's it requires a um exploration um if you are not used to really tapping into your own inner wisdom what you know works for you um and just knowing it what works for me what has worked for me in the past what works for me now and how can i play with that and add to that with these micro moments so i think if you're a type of person who is very responsive to sensory input, then aromatherapy is a really good way to integrate micro moments. If you are extroverted and you prefer to um, connect your connection with others, then maybe something relational, like we were talking about with me um, focusing on my daughter's eyes. Um, so I really do think that it, it comes down to what works for the individual. And exploring, because that's one of the fun things about learning new things on how to navigate this wonderful thing we call life. Um, exploring new things, trying new things, and um, or maybe even doing more of what works for you now in a micro moment kind of way. Yeah, I love that. And that made me think of a uh, coaching nugget for today, potentially when you said exploring. And I like that a lot that people maybe from today take away this idea that you likely have micro moments that you're already potentially using or have used that may work for you. And it's a good opportunity to explore something that maybe you hadn't thought of uh, to try 
that might work for you in a micro moment and something that would, would maybe be a little bit different than what you would have tried in the past. It doesn't have to be, but I, I do like this idea of kind of untangling, you know, you don't have to be in a box, right? If, if you're extroverted, you can still do some of those quiet moments. If you're introverted, you can still do those connection moments and, and really just exploring what grounds you in that, in that piece for yourself. So that's my uh, coaching nugget of wisdom. And I do want to say, just having this conversation today, I feel peaceful and, and, and talking about this. And so that's another strategy as well, how you have these conversations with other people and, and talk about this idea of a micro motion. Ah, micro moment. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> Keep saying micro motion. I love it. I just, I really well, want to company, explore it's more. It's the company of Boulder too. So I'm like, oh my oh, gosh. That's, that's not what I'm why trying. it's coming up. Okay. But it, that's not what I'm trying to say. I am trying to say micro moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Aaron, you stole, you stole my coaching nugget. Cause I was going, well, I'll just, I'll just riff off of that one. So basically my coaching nugget would be a challenge um, to our listeners um, after you hear this episode. Um, try it, you know, uh, try a micro moment or even if you're already doing it. Um, I like the I love the idea of talking about it because I also feel very peaceful and calm having had this conversation. And I'm also my interest is peaked because I really want to explore and this is something that I've been kind of, that's been in the back of my mind. How can I get back to that time when I could just sit in silence and be okay with it? So I'm, that's my challenge <laughs> for the week is to find time to um, just sit in silence, even if I'm uncomfortable, even if I'm anxious, even if I'm like, really want to reach for my phone. <laughs> Just sit in silence for two minutes, a micro moment of silence for me. That's my challenge. So I want to just as a coaching nugget, what is your challenge for the week around micro moments? I love that. I hope the listeners uh, reach out and ask about that challenge for you, LaShawn, and how that went for you. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll pick it up in the next episode. <laughs> One last thing maybe to add is while we applied this conversation to really any time of the year, it is a good reminder that as you navigate the holidays and the end of the year and the busyness that tends to be all around us at, at this time in the year, uh, take those moments, even if they're not micro moments, whatever moments they are for you, to to find those moments of peace and, and calm as you... Um, hopefully have a, a nice holiday season. Thanks for joining us for Coaching as Benevolence. I'm LaShawn with Michelle Sage Place, Positive Intelligence Coaching. And I'm Erin with Roots and Wings, Grief and Loss Coaching. Have a benevolent day.